As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Welcome to this week's Why Always Us. This is your Manchester City podcast from The Athletic. I'm David Mooney. Sam Lee is with me. Hi, Sam. Hello. How are things? Yeah, yeah, good. Um, oh, obviously, the podcast timings have been a bit all over the place, haven't they? But there was no way we could have done a podcast before the Dortmund game. There was just nothing to talk about whatsoever, was there? I was a little um, bit worried very... on about 70 minutes. There was going to be nothing to talk about on this one either. But... Yeah, jeez. <laughs> oh, oh, awful. I mean, we'll get into that. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, good. Just good. Glad to have a bit of football back because you know when it was looking like oh there might not be a Wolves game and oh that was that was looking a bit grim for a while so yeah yeah um, I was looking forward to the game last night in hindsight <laughs> yeah, it wasn't great <laughs> um, but yeah definitely something just, definitely plenty to talk about in the end yeah we'll get into that now uh, you can read everything on City and more in the Athletic right now for a pound a month for six months just go to theathletic.com forward slash Man City Pod and sign up you also get these podcasts without the ads as well so sign up at theathletic.com forward slash Man City Pod um, the the only place I think to start really Sam uh, and I know I know City won the game and I know people would be coming here you know to to hear all about that sort of thing but what I'm what I'm most kind of interested by at the moment is for a good 70 minutes of that game it was not an entertaining watch it was like the result probably masks a lot 80, of that maybe yeah maybe even that um it was. It felt very much to me like the beginning of. Do you remember the lockdown, the, 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 the season oh. in full lockdown <laughs> season? No, not the beginning of the end. Um, yeah. the, the the full lockdown season, twenty twenty one, where we spent week after week going. I, I'm not really sure what is happening here. And then they play Chelsea, yeah. and everything fell. Everything fell into place. Um, it felt exactly like that, except it didn't have the Gundogan Rodri double pivot thing. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because until you. You mentioned that I had. I was trying to think of other like comparable city games, uh, and I I didn't think of that season. I didn't think of nineteen twenty because I I just thought I, the one I thought of was do you remember when City played Stoke in Guardiola's first season. Mm. It was like a Tuesday night, and it was the same night as Barca beat PSG six one. Yeah, I was going to say, was, do, you, the, do, you, do you remember what a game happened simultaneously? Yeah. Simultaneously, the, the one the, that the I watched. Stoke game, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The Stoke game was nil nil. It was it was it was bad, but I think I might be remembering that as worse because obviously you just missed like actually actually a historic game. But my issue with the game last night, for the most part, it was just boring, and that's why it doesn't really compare to. Or well, for me, I didn't think of 
you know that those those games you've mentioned because they were kind of like okay what's going on here like this isn't this isn't good to watch yeah um but i don't remember i don't remember ever being bored yeah my first thought was that west brom game you know the 1-1 one, one. yeah 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 i do remember that um yeah that was the one where guardiola was i oh, know we were there we had chances and then after, obviously he just said a couple of weeks later he was like, oh yeah that was a turning point when everyone <laughs> talked and said we were crap like okay fine um, yeah. yeah, no, but I just don't remember ever being bored. And like, I looked up at the big screen for the time yesterday and it was 26 minutes. And I was like, are you joking? I thought it was like nearly half time. Like nothing is happening. This is really bad. Um, and it was just a novelty more than anything. I was like, you know, sit, people say City are boring. Um, but, and I wrote this in my article in the end. But I th- isn't that more to do with, you know, it's so kind of just slick and controlled. and especially, especially it's that control, isn't it? Guardiola doesn't like counterattacks. Everyone likes end-to-end football, but City don't play like that. It's so controlled. And I guess the boring element is people are moaning that City are you know, making everything a procession and they they win the league and therefore it's boring. But like the football, if you actually watch it, it's not boring, is it? It's great. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a million high-speed you know, high, high speed passes and beautifully worked goal, goals. But it was actually boring last night. It was just nothing was happening. Um, and yeah, I mean, I suppose we can get into... The reasons for that but you know they were they were varied i think yeah, yeah i mean i i've just bad. spent I, I i i've never seen city especially under guardiola i've never seen city so taking so long and being so unable to just get into the final third as well it's it, it's it wasn't even you know how, how sometimes we talked in the past about them having chances to create chances even if they created nothing yeah they, they yeah. weren't even at that level they were like they, they were knocking it around the back four kind of easing it into Rodri a bit and then it was going back to the back four and you kind of like Mares and Grealish in the first half just they bet I, I Mares especially barely touched the ball Grealish got in a couple of half chances but there was there were so many times where I thought they just they just can't get up the pitch here and I'm not entirely sure why that was I think there was a combination of Dortmund being really um just like really compact and organized, you know, there was no kind of, they didn't leave a lot of spaces between the lines as far as I could tell, you know, for, you know, with Gundogan and De Bruyne kind of drop in behind their midfield and in front of their defense and they get the ball in those pockets. They were unable to do that. Um, I think the center backs, because they're not great on the ball, not, you know, compared to like Stones and Laporte when they're playing there, they can do those line breaking passes. And Ake and Akanji, Guardiola says Akanji, can do that but in the two games we've seen him play he hasn't which I guess is just you know bedding himself in but also there wasn't really space to do it anyway but if there was they couldn't have got the balls to them yeah. Stones as a right back kind of can do that but again those spaces were, were closed off and he's not the kind of right back to support attacks Um obviously well you know in terms <laughs> of building the game he, he had that shot from outside the box which I was thinking, don't fucking shoot. But then yeah, yeah, did yeah. It. So we uh, all oh, were, mate. It's, it's sorry, fine. We all were. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. But yeah, so, and then, you know, Cancelo, you can you can play wide and stay wide if you're on the left, for example, even if you're right-footed. It happens all the time. But it just all felt kind of, I don't know, the problems that some people kind of suggested when they saw the lineup, I think, I don't think it's confirmation bias. I think they did kind of play out. You know, it was all just a bit, I don't know, just narrow and yeah. uninspired. But then, you know, Guardiola was saying stuff like, I told them after the Sevilla game, or like not after, but like as a build-up to this game, it was after the Sevilla game, it's not, you know, it's not done. We're not through now. You know, it's not done. The Champions League's difficult. We need to be on it. And he was kind of suggesting that, 
you know, they it wasn't just the tactics. It, well, maybe it was covering up for the fact that you know the lineup wasn't great. Um, but he was kind of suggesting that you know they just they just weren't in the right frame of mind for it. You know, he said they were, they weren't they didn't play in the right rhythm. They were in the wrong gear. All these all these kind of things. Um, but yeah, you know. But he also said before the game, he'd have to pick the team like with the Wolves game in mind. And you know, nobody's everyone's going. Oh, Guardiola got it wrong. And okay, yeah, maybe, maybe he did. But again, you can see why. Like nobody's Guardiola's not thinking. Right, this is my best team. You know, this is this is an amazing team. He's thinking. Well, this is a team that should have enough to win. And I'm, I mean, ultimately, it did, didn't it? But only after all the changes. Um, but it was just like, look, if if City play with Foden and and Bernardo and Diaz uh, against Wolves and they win, then brilliant like everyone's think, been everyone's, everyone's got their rest and and it works fine the other side of it though is is that Foden Bernardo Diaz they like they can't play every game they like they can't they, they physically can't go through the season and play every single game there's going to be games where Guardiola exactly. is going to need to change the 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 lineup and I mean well let's let's get into the uh the, the kind of what changed because I, I'm not entirely convinced Sam that it was Guardiola substitutes that did it I mean it certainly helped um but it felt a little bit more like City got back into it when Dortmund changed shape. Yeah, well, if you bring off a striker and bring on a centre-back, it's like, okay, this is how it's going to be now, is it? You're inviting it a bit. Um, but then, like, you can you can invite it a lot, but if City aren't bringing it, then it doesn't it doesn't matter, you know? And the, there's kind of... There's, the state of the game was pretty much set, wasn't it, in the fact that Dortmund... Like set up fairly defensively, counter attack. Yeah, but you know, City couldn't really break them down. So yeah, I mean, bringing on an extra centre back may have may have helped with that. Um, but I just think you know, and one of the things Guardiola said after the game was obviously those three subs because they called them up from the touchline like separately, and the first one was Alvarez, and I was oh brilliant. I actually said to Paul, like I was sat next to Paul, I was like, oh, shit, I forgot about Alvarez. I was like, yeah, get him on. I was like, brilliant. And I was, I just thought Alvarez was coming on. I was like, yeah, that's enough. Like that, that, that's that's good energy. That that was before and, Dortmund scored as well, wasn't it? Yeah, like, just it was, before. Yeah. Like I was actually tweeting about the subs and missed the Bellingham's goal, um, which you know te- teaches me to tweet while the ball's actually in the area. <laughs> um, but yeah, but then obviously when it was Foden and Bernardo as well, it was like, right, here we go. Um, so yeah, he was going to bring those subs on anyway because it definitely needed changing, and then it, you know a million percent needed changing after the after they scored. Um, but yeah, one of the things Guardiola said was, "You kind of when you one nil down, you have to change that gear, you have to change that rhythm." So the subs definitely did help. Maybe Dortmund's approach helped, but also just the situation in the game. I think Guardiola said, "If that was in the first half and Stones had that chance to shoot, there's no way he would have. He would have made the extra pass." But because yeah. You know, things were a bit more. This, these aren't his words, but it's the gist. You know, things were a bit more desperate. You know, he he took the shot on, and that's that's the thing, really. Um, it, it was just it was it was a few things that helped change the the rhythm. But the thing that's really interesting for me is they added the energy, the subs, but it had to be the right energy. Like they couldn't just start spamming balls forward towards Harlands. They couldn't just come on. And be like, right, okay, like Over Foden, the top, get it in behind. Be like, yeah. right, I need to like take them on all the time, or yeah, like we need to we need to get the ball into Haaland or what? Because obviously, if, if you play with that, you go from being too slow, which was the issue, to being too fast. And then if you're too fast, you're playing to Dortmund's hands because they're going to get you on the counter attack. That would have been perfect for Dortmund if City had brought those subs on and they just started caning it forward. So it, they were fantastic those three when they came on. 
especially especially Bernardo. Yeah, especially Bernardo, basically. But uh, as a trio, they did it perfectly because they injected the right amount of energy as well as, you know, the game, the game state changing. Um, but just not too much because, yeah, like I say, if they'd have gone over the top, then it would have been the opposite problem. And we kind of would have seen City go from being too slow to too fast and neither would have been good. Yeah. Um, let's let's look at some of the individual uh, moments then, Sam, on, and kind of uh, as part of the setup because... Um, I, just looking at, at the way that City did set up originally, um, Dortmund were obviously doing... I, I thought actually Dortmund deserved credit for the way that they were cutting out the passing lanes and, and cutting out space yeah. for uh, for City to try and play through. But um, I, I kind of wonder if, if Guardiola inverting everything that moved kind of played into that. Um, and, and as you said before, make it made, made it very narrow. Um, Stones at right back because... I, I think we're going to see a lot more of this this season, given the personnel that City have got in the squad. And I, I'm wondering if I, I'm wondering if it's a, if it's something that is kind of it's going to end up looking like a sticking plaster. Do you know what I mean? So I, I, I worry that he's wasted out there. And I know he scored a great goal, and I know that that it, it turned the game around. But I just I, I, I just feel he's so much better in the centre of the pitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair, absolutely fair enough. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a long term strategy. Um, but then I remember, was it? Did he do it against Brentford in the home game? Yeah, around Christmas last year, and I was like, I don't really get that. And then Guardiola said he was the best player on the pitch. I was like, right, okay. So I need to kind of readjust my expectations for, yeah, we're going to right back. So yeah, it's something that it's something that can work, you know, if there's injuries. But let's just kind of go back to you know Champions League semi final against Real Madrid when. He started a right back, didn't he? But then yeah. got injured, and then Fernandinho came on, and it's just that kind of—it's just not ideal. Like at the moment, you well, look. I mean, maybe he has to do it against Wolves, and it doesn't work at the weekend, and they drop points. But it's like this stage of the season, Champions League group stage kind of thing, and like some Premier League games over Christmas or whatever. You know, when 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 you're in a pinch, great. But I, I, I don't know. I, I I don't think I'd want to see it for six months of the season. But then again, we probably said that about a left back like five years ago. And yeah, that's true. It's not it's not been a problem, has it? But no, I, I don't I don't think it's like you know. There's some well, there we go with the left back. It's got to the stage now where even two years ago, you know, when it was going into that season you mentioned, um, um, twenty twenty yeah. into twenty twenty one, and they didn't sign a left back, and it was like, what? Genuinely, what are they doing? Like Cancelo can't play there. He's, he doesn't play there. He's he comes into on side and his right foot too narrow. Doesn't really work. And it was kind of the problems, yeah, you mentioned last night, you know, the wingers are inverted, the fullbacks are inverted, it doesn't really work. But now it's obviously got to a stage where I actually prefer Cancelo at left back than right back. And, you know, maybe if given stones long enough, it'll be that. But I I don't think so. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not it's not terrible by any means, but it, yeah. Not ideal. They, they need to, at some point, they need to get the right amount of fullbacks to yeah. actually have cover. <laughs> yeah. I did enjoy, though, when the lineup came out, trying to work out whether it was Cancelo at left back and Stones at right back, or Cancelo at right back and Ake at left back, because it just, it must have just kept everybody guessing until they lined up at, uh, at kickoff. Um, yeah, I've stopped caring now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that hour between, it's like, lose our last. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll find out in an hour. Off. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's like something fully mad, you know, when he names like, there's like six midfielders on there or something. How is this going to work? Um, but yeah, when it's stuff like, oh, we'll just wait. Yeah. Um, 
De Bruyne wasn't able to get into space or get in behind for a good portion of the game. Uh, I think that was largely, again, down to um, to Dortmund's uh, setup and the way that they were cutting out passing lines. Um, Mares and Grealish, uh, they've come in for a bit of flack um, since the, well, during and since the game, um, largely for slowing it down. Um, what did you make of them? Yeah, yeah, not great. Um Mares is interesting. I don't. I don't think he started the season well in the sense that you know he's he's definitely fallen down the pecking order. Um, we'll come, I think we'll come to Mares in a, in a bit a bit more detail shortly. I think because yeah, well, basically um, he's, he's fallen down the pecking order. But like last season, he didn't. He couldn't start for love no money, could he? But he played yeah. in the Champions League, and I think he ended up with like five goals in six games in the group stages or something. And then obviously he got back into the team properly over like November, December, and did really well. Um, but yeah, this season I just think you know, I think Guardiola looks at him maybe and thinks uh, you're not really doing it. But then you've got to play him in a game like last night to try and recuperate him because if you if you don't play him, then you just you just lose the player, don't you? So it's yeah. a kind of man management thing to to give him that op- opportunity to shine. But then obviously you would then think, well, he didn't take it, so you're, we're not going to see you again for a while. But Sometimes you need how to much kind of can play you blame the individual? Yeah. And how much can you? How much? Can, well, yeah, but also how much can you blame the individual for not playing well? And how much can you just blame the overall thing? Like none of it really worked, did it? So we're talking about the individuals now, but it's like if you dropped a Kanji in the like City's best team, then it'd look even better. If you put Grealish in when you know Foden was on the right and Bernardo was playing, you know, or, and my Walker was playing, and it was just all, you know, the like Laporte was playing and bring, pinging in the passes, and it was City at the top, um, like top gear. Then you know they would all look better. So yeah, Mares, yeah, it's kind of getting to the stage where give Cole Palmer a go, but I don't think you could put Cole Palmer in now because it would be Mares would be like, right, well, what the hell's going on here then? Yeah, yeah. Um, but it might be getting to that stage. But look, there's only one game before the international break and then everything might change afterwards anyway. And then, yeah, Grealish, um, same kind of thing. It was promising against Sevilla last week. Everybody wanted to see more of that. Um, but it was a bit like, you know, yeah, to be fair, that that parallel you've drawn with the 2020-2021 season is good because it was, you know, it was back then when Sterling was getting a load of criticism for being inverted and like the whole inverted winger thing was getting criticism. But it's like, well... Nothing's really working. Like Gundogan's further back in the in the pitch generally, so there's no one to really link up with. And then it's like, well, Sterling gets the ball, and it's like, right, you're standing still, and you're faced with two or three men. Go and well, beat them. Yeah, oh, we can't beat do? them because that's really difficult. So they come back inside, or they lose it, and they go, oh bloody hell, what's wrong with Sterling? Slash, what's wrong with Grealish? Like the whole the whole system wasn't really working last night. So yeah, would it have been better if Grealish could have done some an individual and beat somebody and pulled something out of the bag yeah but like nobody did that nobody nobody was doing that and maybe i'm running out of time you know there's loads of like oh what's going on with Grealish? oh he's been crap hasn't he like as an overall like signing and maybe i'm running out of time here but i'm still saying look second season he's okay how many games are we in now how many games has city played seven eight yeah 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 nine yeah ten maximum well harlan's got what 13 goals in eight games Maybe it is eight. Um, just going to count everything in relation to Haaland's goals. But yeah, but like Grealish has only played a few of those, hasn't he? And again, like I'm, you can't really. He's been injured him. at the start. You know, of the it would have been well. great if it. It would have been great if it. You know, been better. But like I say about Mares, like I said about anyone last night, it was 
was you just chucked into that kind of patch, not patched together, but a, a suboptimal city lineup against a good team, and it didn't really work. Like, are we saying Haaland was crap for an hour? No, like, I just couldn't get in the game because no one was getting the ball to him. Like, we're we saying Grealish was crap for an hour, we are, but what do they have to do? Like, just take on three people, it's difficult. Um, maybe I'm running out of time for maybe I'm running out of time for saying he's going to be good, but I don't think so. It's still really, really early in this second season, and yeah, I'm still, I'm still, well, I'm, I'm hope, certainly hopeful. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say convinced, but I'd say optimistic and, and hopeful that he is going to, you know, he is going to look really, really good once he, once he fully settles and everything clicks. And again, look, if you put him in a team that's flying with, you know, Foden and Diaz, Bernardo, Walker, and blah blah blah. He will look. He will look much better. Um, so no, I don't get the right in him off just yet. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm Adam Hurry, host of the Athletics Football Clichés podcast. Look, there are loads of podcasts out there talking about the actual football, but this is the only one that celebrates the language of the game and takes the deepest possible dive into all the tiny things in and around football that we have somehow taken for granted. Check out our back catalogue now, where you'll find interviews with Jamie Carragher, Kelly Cates, Neda Manua, Peter Drury, and many, many more. Search for Football Clichés on Apple, Spotify, and all the usual places, and listen ad-free on The Athletic. In fairness to Grealish, I didn't think he was brilliant, but I, I, he, he did feel, in the, in, especially in the first half, the closest to making things happen. Um, the, the number of times he got into the box and and his shots were blocked and he couldn't find the space for the shot, but he was in the position. And I just wonder, in a like like you say, in a better team, in a not a better team, but in a, a more on form team, if uh, if the other players around him have, have moved those those defenders out of the way by simply you know having different runs or better positioning or that sort of thing, and um, and he, he might find a shot on target in that sense. But the, the, the di- I, I thought the difference between him and Mares. By half time was quite was quite a, a stark contrast because as, as much as it wasn't working for Grealish, he was getting in positions and getting on the ball. Whereas Mares, I like it felt at half time like he'd barely touched it. Well, I mean, no, I mean, I do remember him being involved, but I suppose the contrast for me, as far as I can remember, is Mares was getting those switches of play over to his side, which are designed to get him one on one. And you think, well, at least that kind of plays to your, to your strengths a bit. Um, but then you know that ball in behind the. You know, City's first goal against Sevilla last week when Foden played that little cut-in ball behind. De Bruyne is running through that inside channel and then you just play the ball across for Haaland. City looked for that all the time, but but they couldn't... Like Dortmund were kind of keeping De Bruyne out of those spaces very well as well. So like Mahrez didn't have that 
option. And but yeah, like when it, they did switch the ball to him for the one on ones, but they didn't they didn't really come to anything. Um, and yeah, but the thing is with Grealish, look, I, I always say this, and I still haven't done the article, but I will do in the international break. The one I mentioned that I wrote after the Newcastle game, or no, the days after the Newcastle game. Like there's loads of stuff that Grealish does that isn't what he was doing at Villa, which loads of people don't appreciate. And nobody on this planet is saying, oh, Jack Grealish is great, isn't he? He really slows the game down. But like that's important. And it's a bad day to make that example or make that point because City were too slow last night. Yeah. But yeah. that's not all his fault. They need, you know, they needed a they needed a bit of Grealish when they play in a bit too quickly. You know, when I mentioned about Mario's coming on at Villa, people always slow the game down. Good, supposed to slow the game down. Like, that's the whole point. That's what City need. Um, that's what they need from Grealish. So that is an, that is one example of Grealish doing stuff that is kind of counterintuitive to what we believe because we want him to skin people and put a ball in the top corner. But what he is doing in terms of attracting people, giving it to Rodri, but all this kind of stuff, which is very technical and it just sounds like you're making excuses for him, but it is very important for Guardiola. But yeah, he just needs to skin people and put it in the top corner. You know, that's, that, is what, that is what they want. Like part of the reason they signed him is because he is kind of so breathtaking and eye-catching and can beat a man. They do want him to do that more. I want him to do that more. He wants him to do that more. One of those things is less important than the others. Yeah. But basically everybody... Everybody wants him to do that. And I'm not saying, oh no, he's been worth 100 million. He's been absolutely fine because, you know, he takes players away. I'm saying he does a lot of good stuff that a lot of people don't appreciate. But at the same time, there is, nobody's pretending at City that it's enough. That's, but it's, again, it's I, I'm still saying it's early days. It's interesting that the thought that sprung into my head uh, while you were speaking then was uh, Phil Foden does that. He does all the things that, like, he, 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 he does those simple link-up passes that uh, that Guardiola wants, while at the same time getting on the ball and beating a couple of players and getting a shot across goal into the bottom corner sort of thing. And at the start of this season, a lot of people have, there's been criticism of his form. And the thing that's been missing from his game is that skinning people and getting it into the bottom corner. Yeah, 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 exactly. But and that's the thing. Like, if if it's a bit like Sane, isn't it? Like everybody overlooked, and people still miss Sane. Everybody overlooked the the stuff that Sane didn't do for the team because he scored like eye catching goals. But Grealish doesn't have that. But he does have the the, the team contribution that Sane didn't. You know, broadly speaking. Um, but that's the thing. If if you score the goals, then you get forgiven. And, yeah. and that's you know that's that's if you're watching City every week or if you're not watching City every week, but you know he cost 100 million and you know you can put him in your fantasy football team because he's scoring your goals. Like if he's if he's if he was scoring a few more goals, nobody would be bothered. But in terms of the overall contribution to the team, like I'm saying, the stuff that gets overlooked, and people still look fondly back on Sane because he well obviously he had like a brilliant season didn't he in 17-18. But in terms of 18-19, the people are oh, still a mistake that we sold him or shouldn't have done this, shouldn't have done that. Like, Barely played in the running. He's, yeah, and like he's not—he's not even playing well. He hasn't really done. He hasn't done brilliantly at Bayern. And like I was—I was speaking to to Paul about the Bayern game, and he was like, Sane didn't. Oh, he scored a great goal, but you know, Sane didn't play especially well. Didn't look that kind of connected with everyone else. And I just remember thinking, like, it's just hasn't really clicked for Sane, has it? In the way that it probably should have. If you go back to—if you go back four years to when he won the young player of the year in the Premier League in that team you're probably thinking this guy could be challenging for the Ballon d'Or and yeah. obviously he's still playing at the top level but he's not in those conversations at all and it's just kind of just not quite switched on enough in that kind of important stuff that's not the eye-catching goals and 
it's it's the opposite situation to Grealish. Yeah, I think he does have the other stuff that's integral to the game, and he just needs to add on that extra layer. And people will, well, obviously people will start changing their opinions of him. But yeah, I, I just I just I just hope it comes. I think it will. Um, I just hope it comes. Yeah. Um, let's talk about uh, Manuel Kanji because uh, it was back-to-back starts for Kanji uh, at City. Odd or it's that part of the Guardiola sort of uh, throw them in the deep end, sink or swim attitude that he has to some players. Well, I think last week, was he the only... Oh, Stones wasn't fit, was he? Was Ake fit? I don't think so. Can't remember now. With the whole... Um, with how the last week's gone, that Seville, Seville game seems longer ago. It's kind of hard for me to remember the events. Um, but yeah, it was kind of the only option, wasn't it? And it, and again, it was, it's strange because Guardiola obviously takes the Champions League incredibly seriously and he knows that, do you remember last year? Oh, it was a whole, it was a whole business, wasn't it? With whether he had to go with the fans or criticize the fans or not to come for like the, the Leipzig game or whatever it was. And then there was the whole thing about what's more important. Like, is it, was it like the Leipzig game? or the Club Bruges game, or the Manchester Derby at the weekend. And he was like, well, it's the Bruges game. And his logic was, we've only got six games to qualify. If we miss up this one, then we're struggling to qualify, or we're struggling to finish top. Whereas if we don't beat United, okay, it's not ideal. But there's like 30 games left. And like loads of loads of City fans, like, oh, he doesn't get it, it's always going to be United, blah, blah, blah. But like he really does think the Champions League is very, very important. And Mike Mine for the for the BBC posted his program notes, and I think he said, "If we get to the last sixteen, I'll be very proud of these players." And you just think, Jesus, like that is not. If if City get knocked out of the last sixteen, um, the discourse will not be what a brilliant job they've done. Yeah, um, but yeah. So he, he takes it really seriously, but I think he does recognise that maybe there's certain types of games, you know, the the European games, maybe the fact that severe as much as they've got great history in Europe, you know, they're not in a great place at the moment. So yeah, put a Kanji in. The fact he put Gomez in showed that he didn't think it was like the biggest test. Um, because, you know, that they do think Gomez is, is very good, but you know, see how it goes first, give him time yeah, to bed yeah. in. Um, so a Kanji must be a combination of faith in him, lack of options and faith in a less strong team to get the job done. It's funny, actually, I was thinking last night um, before Dortmund scored, I was like, they can't get away with this in the Barclays. I, and I was like, hold on a minute. Like, is playing Wolves away harder than playing Borussia Dortmund? Yeah. But I was just thinking, like, if they play with this kind of tempo in the Premier League, they'll have problems. But it's like, that's surely not true. Like, it's Because Guardiola said afterwards as well, he goes, the, the, the Champions League doesn't wait. Like, he doesn't forgive you if you don't play well. But I was like, I feel like they did kind of get forgiven for not playing well last night. And I feel like if they did that in the if they do that at Wolves, they might have problems, even though Wolves don't generally score a lot of goals. Um but yeah, Akanji, given City was kind of so bad in the first half, he, he was the bright spot by a mile. But then I think I think Bellingham was his man for the for the goal. So that was less yeah. than good. But I yeah, was gonna he say had, not he great has, on the goal. Yeah, started, started very well. Yeah. Um other than Edison's kit, Sam, I was with you that uh, that Akanji was the bright spark of the oh, game. Yeah. Um, I, I had noticed it till you tweeted it, and then I was like, "Yeah, I, I get it. It's a, it's a nice kit, um, lovely, lovely, yeah." Yeah. Before we go on, let's hear from Akanji uh, because this week, Paul, who uh, ironically couldn't be part of the show today, uh, he's been speaking to the new defender. He started by asking about the transfer with Akanji joining the club as the fifth senior centre back. I knew that uh, the situation at Man City and with the centre backs, I watched a lot of their games. 
um, over the last few years. And I knew that they already have world-class defenders, players all around the team. And yeah, but I'm, I'm, I think I'm ready for the challenge. Um, it, it might not be easy and I, I can't expect um, to, play, to play every game because we have so many games, um, injuries that are coming up, um, suspensions and I don't know, illness, whatever. And, but I, I'm trying to show the coach in every training that I, that I want to play. And um, yeah, that's, that's my goal. I think that everyone kind of agrees that the centre-backs are like a really important role for Pep Guardiola and actually like for modern football, maybe. Um, I think that in last seasons, Man City has provided Pep with a lot of quality centre-backs. You are the last addition in that. From, from your point of view, what's what makes centre-backs so important right now for Pep as well? Yeah. Yeah, I think in the in the last few years, um, football has changed a lot. Usually the centre-backs used to be these guys that just win the headers, win the duels and kick the ball up front. And in the last few years, it has, has changed a lot. Now they're, they're the first guys with the keeper together. Even even our keeper, I, I was in the training, I had to get used to it. Like Edison, how good he is with the foot. And I'm not used to that, that um, like the keeper is building up with the team as well. Even that's starting from the back now, and obviously you're the the closest one to the keeper. Then you're you're getting the ball, and you already build up the, the team from the back to give them um, to play the ball in the right uh, places that the midfielders can turn up, or that the fullback is in a better position to play it up front. And that's really what uh, what Pep's, Pep wants from us. And also the other side, like I see that we learn a lot of details in training that I haven't really learn before how you stand to the ball, um, how you block a shot and stuff like that. It's really a lot of things that are coming coming on as well. And I'm looking forward to improving every day. That's, that's a really good explanation because my next question was about to be like, what's like for a new player just, that, just to come into Pep's training session and having to pick up like everything like really quick? Is that hard? Because I think that Holland said in a recent interview that that's a complicated system to learn, but you had... No, no, no time to learn it, right? No, actually, I came in and the season already started, so um, I had less time than the others, I say. But um, I think I can, I can cope with that. It will obviously like take time, even though like this week I'm not there on that level that they know already of the the, the play style that uh, that they're that they're in. But I try to learn every day. He's He's also telling me and the assistant coach are telling me if I can improve on that. And that I'm here to learn. And yeah, there's just some things that are new for me in the system. But I haven't had problems also in my past with new coaches, with new systems. And it will take some time, but I will, I will, I will be there and I'll try to do it better every day. Just what, what did you think about Man City when you did play against them on the Champions League? What did you think like inside the pitch? When you played, like, I think it was quarterfinals, right? The Champions League? Yeah, quarterfinals it was. Um, I mean, just like in every situation, you have to be prepared for anything. Like, it could be, let's, like, I don't know, uh, Cancelo as a left back plays the last pass or uh, Foden starts to dribble or De Bruyne just pulls out a crazy a crazy pass to the striker or whatever. It's like in every action, you have to be be ready for it. And... Yeah, that's that's how it is to play to play against this team, and um, I see that now every day in training. So that that makes me better as a player as well, and wants me to improve. Is there like any footballer that that probably you think okay, he's not like on the main headlines of the media, but when I see him training, I, I see him, Jesus, he's good. He's like really good. 
the, the problem is it's the, a lot of friends ask me that already but it's so hard to pick one player out <laughs> yeah I like obviously you know I've, uh, or you guys know the qualities as well of these players that are like in the starting lineup every time or on, on the weekend but I also see like I think it was in my first training when I trained with the guys who didn't play against Crystal Palace. No, not Crystal, against Nottingham Forest. Yeah. Um, on the Thursday, and there were also, also some young guys from I don't know what is it here under nineteen or under twenty three. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. Just from the, well, yeah, they're young. Yeah, just from the second team, and they're already really good, and they bring in so much, so much quality, and. Um, yeah, I also like in training like uh, Julian Alvarez is also like really good and he's he's still young um, and he, I think he needs to adapt a little bit as well to this to the football they play here. But I, you can also also see like in players like this uh, in him like they're they're really really good or like Cole Palmer, yeah. Which which are the things that you are saying that you see in training, but probably in match is like more difficult to watch, like. I don't know if you really see it from the outside, but I felt like when I watched the, the Man City games, I didn't really see like, let's for example, say uh, Ruben Diaz, that he was like really leading from the back, that he talked a lot to the other guys and, and things. I feel like in TV, sometimes you don't see it. You also don't hear it because then it's in the stands, it's so loud. And he really talks a lot. And that made it also easier for me in the first game because obviously it's a new team and I still need to know how they... How they um, how they are in the pitch and everything. And I think at some point of level, when I, when I know them better, when I know their play style better, then I think I can do that too. But um, that's also made it easier for me to play my first game. And yeah, yeah there's just um, so many, many more things that Pep brings to us as well. But I can, can't tell you everything because <laughs> otherwise everybody will know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, are you a guy like... On your free time, you like to watch football, or you prefer like to switch off from football and do like other stuff. It depends. Sometimes I like to watch, but sometimes I also just like to do something else. Like I don't know. Yesterday I watched the U.S. Open. Mm -hmm. I I like to watch tennis. Then tomorrow um, I'm watching foot, uh, NFL football for sure because the season started. I watched a little bit on Thursday as well. Um, I really like the sport. And then sometimes I watch football. Um, I, this weekend there's no Premier League, so I might watch some Bundesliga games or so. Yeah. Nice one. Um, I wanted to ask you, because I'm going to do like a big feature, of course, about a guy that I don't know if you know him. He's called Erling Holland. Yeah. <laughs> And I wanted to ask you basically, because I wanted to know or we wanted to know how is to play against him. Just how a, how a defender or a manager that play against him, just how you live with that, how you cope with that, basically. And I think that you have played against him on some training sessions during your career. And yeah, basically, um, I wanted to ask you, basically, from a defender point of view, from a centre-back point of view, what is the most effective way to try to mark him? That's a, that's a question I'm getting asked every interview. Like, everything I'm doing is about Erling Haaland. I'm used to it for the last two and a half years. But um, I think the most important thing uh, with Erling is, like, you can't... Or you have to be careful for the runs in the deep, in the deep first because he's, he's really fast. So you always have to give him, I say, a little bit of space. But... The thing is also when these balls are coming in, he's, he's using his body really well. So sometimes it's not always about winning the duels, but just like make him uncomfortable that he can't do something else after it or get the support of your, of your guy right next to him, to it. And 
yeah in the box you have to be have to be really close to him so like I said before like to disturb him a little bit that he might not finish like he wants to and stuff like that I think that's the that's the best thing to to describe him because what he does he does it at a, at a really high level and he practices it every day that's why he gets better and keeps on scoring goals so that was Paul speaking to uh, Manuel Akanji um, he speaks really well doesn't he Sam what Paul <laughs> uh yeah no yeah he does he does um you can't you can't beat somebody who speaks well but no yeah he does um it, it was a good interview i wasn't like we weren't really sure what to expect um from him in, in just in terms of yeah what kind of answers he'd give but um yeah as as you'll hear very kind of well just switched on and lucid and i, I mean i guess it helps like i think if city are signing players like that you know, well, not signing players. I think that they're signing players. They are like that. Yeah, yeah they are yeah, Rodri yeah. types. You know, students of the game kind of thing. Um, and you know, I was trying to think then briefly, who have they signed that you wouldn't say was like that? And maybe this is harsh, but I'm thinking Cancelo. But Cancelo loves like loves playing football. Is always playing football, like not quite Foden levels, because I basically think Foden just like kicks the ball around his house like 24 seven. I think it's like genuinely. Like OCD or something. Like yeah, just, just, the ball all yeah, the just got to have a ball at his feet. But I think Cancelo is fairly similar. So I, I do think that part of that whole signing the right human being for the club means that, yeah, they're, they're very kind of switched on and lucid and understanding and they can talk very well about the game. But obviously, I suppose the difference is media-wise, some players, well, I think all the City players can do that, but they they might not necessarily. They might go into the media training and not give too much away. But Akanji was, you know, he wasn't controversial by any means, but he was certainly interesting. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. He spoke about uh, Diaz as a player that like talked him through that first game against uh, Sevilla. Um, that yes. I mean, it doesn't really come as a surprise um, that that would be the sort of character that Diaz is. Um, so, like in terms of his partnership with Ake last night, how did you think he did? Well, yeah, like I said, I thought he was he was his bright spot in in the first half. Um, and yeah, I suppose that's a good it's a good question because if you, if you go from being, I imagine, coached through the game minute by minute by somebody like Diaz. Um, to then be, I, I just don't of, imagine Ake is, is or not is, having that guy yeah. in hand. No, like well, like in terms of like leading by example and stuff. Like Ake is one of those guys who's probably you know if Diaz is in the gym at half six in the morning or whatever, Ake is probably in there at like twenty five to seven. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of but just being that constant voice, that no, nobody's nobody rivals Diaz in the dressing room now. You know, Fernandinho's gone and Zinchenko's gone and that kind of thing. Um, so it would be very different. But again, like. It, there was no problems defensively. Well, for as bad as City were, there were no problems defensively, like organisationally. Um, 
just to set pace. They did well. I mean, the only issues were just kind of the distribution, wasn't it? Like you said, the amount of times they kind of went into Rodri, but then Rodri would have to go back to them. And there was a there was a spell a bit before half time when they just kept passing between like the centre backs and Rodri, and then they went back to Edison. It was like bloody hell, this isn't like go back and start again and launch another attack. This is just you've got nowhere to go. Just go, just just go back, <laughs> just go back and see what happens, and then go back again. It was, it was there, yeah, it was. It, it wasn't great in that respect, but like, yeah, organisationally, defensively, considering you know that is not a partnership that anybody would be putting forward for any kind of you know City have got an FA Cup semi final, City have got a Champions League final. Nobody's saying, oh yeah, let's play a Kanji and, and Ake. Um, with the greatest respect, there's nobody suggesting that. Um, yeah, they they were they were absolutely fine, and yeah, to be to be fair to a Kanji, he has slotted in very well, and I think with two Champions League games under his belt, I think if he did have to play in the Premier League game. Um, I mean, we'll right. see him get swallowed up by the Barclays now, but I feel like he's kind of well prepared. <laughs> and I feel like people would be confident. You know, if he's if he's in the team, I don't think you'd be like, oh God, I'm not sure about this. Yeah, yeah. I think he's done well. Yeah. Um, just quickly, I don't know if you saw uh, the discussion on Twitter that uh, Adam Hurry was having. I, I, I'm interested in uh, what uh, what words uh, City would use to, to go back to the goalkeeper because it was that, what what's oh, yeah. the phrase you use, when the, what's the phrase in five-a-side that the goalkeeper always uses in your five-a-side team to uh, to say that, that, that they're an option? Uh, and I realised that I'm I'm always standing, whenever, whenever we play together, I'm always standing behind you going, always here if you need. And I can't yeah. imagine Edison's the uh, the sort that would say that. <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah. I'm thinking from an outfielder's perspective. I'd be thinking, yeah, go home. Yeah. Go home would be the go home. If, yeah, yeah. I read Sylvan yeah. Distan. Yeah, yeah um, I like that. I like that. Go home. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I read I, I read Sylvan Distan. Didn't know what that meant um, when he when he moved to England. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, go home. Now <laughs> move to Bre- Brexit Island. <laughs> go home. Jesus. Yeah. Um, Let's uh, let's have a quick look at the goals from uh, last night because Akenji spoke about not necessarily oh, yeah. winning duels with Haaland. <laughs> yeah, there was a couple of things, a couple of goals in there. Um, Akenji spoke there about not necessarily winning the duels with Haaland to stop him, um, but just making him feel uncomfortable. Uh, there was a lovely irony yeah. in that uh, the Dortmund centre back uh, Nico Schlotterbeck said that he knew how to stop Haaland. Then he came on and immediately Haaland scored. Big shout. <laughs> yeah, big shout. Um, and yeah, like who was was it? It was one of the TV interviews. I can't remember which company, but they were like, "Oh yeah, Dortmund did did well of keeping you quiet or stopping you or something." He was. He just went. Harlan said, "No, they didn't. I scored." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Good point, um, and, that, and that's the thing. Like with with so many of like Harlan's goals this season, it's not been you know against Palace. Harlan didn't turn the game on his head, did he? City started playing better when they got him into the game. Yeah. And then he's he's there to do his job. Like they didn't keep him quiet yesterday. Like City kept him quiet. They couldn't find him. City kept Harlan quiet until like the 80th minute. Um, but yeah, um, I can't remember who said before. Maybe I've just been speaking to Nadam, but I'm, I'm sure somebody said like, you just kind of got to put them off or like make sure, yeah, just like don't make sure they don't get a clean contact to shoot the way they want to. Maybe there was somebody else talking about Harlan. Maybe it was Nadam. I can't remember. But, um, you know, it was when Akanji was saying, oh yeah, you, you know, sometimes, you know, you need to keep him out of the position, the right positions and you need a bit of help from your mate to do it as well. And you just think that's where, that's where that occupying of centre-backs comes from, isn't it? Like if two centre-backs are thinking, we need to double up on this fella here or, or I need to go and help out over there. You can see why that space and how that space is going to appear for other people. Um, but I mean, just rather than break down every minute detail of it, I mean, the goal, I, I kind of underestimated how good it was. Like when he yeah. scored it yesterday, I just went, "Yeah, well, Haaland scored, City have won," like, as expected. But it was a kind of unbelievable feat, wasn't it? Like it's not, 
that's not a normal goal to score, like yeah. any part of it. Well, I'm in a I'm in a WhatsApp group with uh, a couple of ex City players, and um, oh, yeah, I, yeah, 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 um, and uh, one of the uh, people who's not an ex player in there um, said uh, basically, I, I don't know how he's got his foot that high, and then Paul Dickoff said, I couldn't get my head that high. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. It's like so we've had to do an article already this morning, like some like. My editor was like, do you, we're going to do which was better, Cancelo's cross or Haaland's finish? And I was actually on Off the Ball, um, the kind of Irish TV YouTube thing this morning. Yes, they asked yeah. the same thing. Um, and I was like, okay, this is the debate, is it? Which was better? And I suppose I suppose it, it, is a, it is a good debate. But I'm not sure because if the pass means you've got to put your foot six feet in the air, is it bad, a good yeah, pass? Yeah, bad bad pass, wasn't it, mate? <laughs> and but then but then to be fair, could Haaland just not have headed it? And again, Haaland did another interview, I think it was with Bean, and he was like, he scored he goes, I scored that goal against Wolfsburg for Dortmund, and I've been trying it recently for City. And I remember after the Sevilla game last week, I like was speaking to mates at the airport, and they were like, What he goes, What was that when he could have edited it? And he just tried to like karate kick it, and I was like, Yeah, just that a bit, doesn't he? And then he, he obviously did it against Liverpool, didn't he, in the Community Shield? So yeah. I think it's a fair criticism overall, or cr- maybe not criticism, but comment. Like you just, you just head these, mate. But he said, hasn't he? Like he's he said, and it has been said of him that heading isn't his strong suit. Like in terms of his finishing, his heading's not quite as accomplished as you know, using his feet and his movement and his and his you know, his pace and all that kind of thing. So it's. It's like he has got that ability, that elasticity, as Guardiola said, to do that. And it's like Cancelo. It's like, you know, when people, it's, this was more like a mid-2000s thing, but like when Thierry Henry scored that back heel against, uh, was it Charlton? He scored a back heel. And, you know, when when players do like tricks or stuff that looks flashy, but it's actually just the most efficient way of getting the ball from A to B in a difficult yeah. situation and they've got the technique to do it. It's like, it looks flashy and showing off when Cancelo does it, but it's incredibly effective. Yeah. And if, and basically, if he were left-footed, they would be the kind of crosses he'd be putting in anyway. They're the kind of crosses that like Andrew Robertson, when he's playing well, would put in from a deep position. I mean, he's normally he normally puts them in from higher up the pitch. But if you were left-footed, that's the kind of delivery you'd be putting in anyway. But he, he can do it with his right foot. So, so just do that. Fair, yeah. So just do that. And then for Haaland... It's a combination of he can get his foot that high. He has, you know, got the ability to like put his foot in a certain position to move the ball to to maneuver the ball towards the goal. Um, but also, it might be a little bit because he doesn't maybe trust his head in as much. Because there, you know, there will be there will be times when he tries to do that in a big moment and it doesn't go in, and people will say he should have headed it. So obviously, it was a fantastic goal, and you know, we can kind of celebrate and talk about how good it was. And in the end, for that article, I did say that. The finish was was better than the cross. Although, God, God, I do actually think the cross was better, actually, in hindsight. But too late, I've already written it now, and I'm not writing another one. <laughs> um, well, which yeah, one? I, it's it's one it's one of those where it's like you could just head that, mate. And again, if he does become better in the air and he starts scoring those kind of like Mitrovic goals, which I think is fair enough considering he's 22 and he is massive and he is like improving all the time. You know, if he does kind of add those Mitrovic goals, Shearer goals, then that really will be scary. But yeah, like, um, unbelievable goal. 
Like, in, it was an unbelievable goal, but I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just being picky. But there we go. in that case, then which, which was better, Cancelo's cross for Haaland or uh, mm. Cancelo's uh, ball for Sterling against Everton last season? Um, where he basically did the, the same Sterling thing. But from one, deep. No, I think yeah, but I think the Sterling one just because it was like. I was going to say any of us could have not scored it. I was not going to say scored it. I was not going to say scored it. But any of us could have been expected to put our foot on it. You know, that was a that was a proper assist, I think, in the sense that it created a chance out of nothing and it kind of put on a plate. Um, but then again, you know, if if that was a cross for Edin Zeko and he'd headed it in, you'd say it was put on a plate as well. But I would I would just say it's easier to score with your feet than with your head. So I'm going to say the, and also it's, it's, it's easier for Haaland to score than it is for Sterling. So I'm going to go with the, Everton. the Sterling was better because it was, yeah. it was more of a surefire finish. Yeah. Sterling still did well to convert it, but it was more on the plate, I would say. And the good thing about it, the good like, assists are when you put it on the plate, they're not just when you, you know, shuffle it to somebody and they bang it in from 30 yards. Yeah, I saw a video retweeted onto um, my timeline yesterday that uh, was, you know, one of these flashback things that that clubs put out. And it was uh, Liverpool talking about uh, a, a wonderful Bobby Firmino assist to Salah, uh, where he backheeled it a bit on the edge of the box. And then Salah takes it on, beats three men and pops it in the bottom corner. And I'm like, that's not, that, that's not a, uh, like, huh. that That can't be an assist, surely. He's just, he's no. just the last player to have touched the ball before it goes yeah, in. It's like, I and, think, uh, I don't. I don't remember that one, but I think if you're adding in a back heel and it, it adds to the overall aesthetic of the goal, I think it 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 counts more than if he just shuffled it, you know, if he just played the pass with his instep. I think the back yeah. heel, it does help. Like, I can't remember, I can't remember how Salah got the ball for, you know, that goal he scored against, against City at Anfield last season. I can't remember how he got the ball, but if that had been a back heel, you'd be like, that is a, a lovely move rather than like an individual piece of brilliance. Yeah, but um, but it so, hasn't yeah. set up the goal, has it? That's the thing. Um, mm, no, they're, they're, no, true. There's still still a lot of work to do. Um, I, I, we've said this already, but I did give it a good no, don't shoot Vinny for uh, for John Stones. I was, I, I was yeah, ready yeah. to call him every single name under the sun when that one flew no, over No, genuinely, the I was going to tweet. I was going to tweet um, like I did before because... I can't remember what game it was. I think it was last season, but it was about Carl Walker. Everyone was like, oh, Carl Walker, shoot. And I was like, I was like, anybody who's urging Carl Walker to shoot from like 30 yards should be ejected from the ground. He's stupid. <laughs> Stop it. And I can't remember if he did score, but I was genuinely 100% going to tweet the same thing about Stones. So I just thought, oh, I can't be asked. I, I, might, I might have thought, I'm not going to, in case he actually does and it goes in. Um, but then, yeah, it was proper. Yeah, it was exactly the same as company. It was, don't shoot. What are you doing? And again, I don't know. It was probably a, it was probably a bad option, but um, it worked. So yeah. fair play. Should also say uh, it is perfectly possible because I, I've seen a few people getting a bit upset that the uh, that the blame for that goal has been going towards the goalkeeper, and, I, and I'm like, well, well, what was the keeper up to for both goals? Uh, yeah, it was a bit a bit dodgy, but it is perfectly okay to say Sounds that okay. hey, they, they were both great goals and a bit dodgy goalkeeping as well at the same time. So. Um, yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I know, sure. I know, you would not have gone easy on me had uh, had uh, that first one flown past me in the way it flew past uh, the uh, the Dortmund keeper. Um, let's finish, Sam, with a quick look ahead. Glass to, houses, uh, mate. Yeah, yeah. It depends, it depends <laughs> if I contributed to the shot being taken. Probably, yeah, probably uh, the case. Yeah, well, we're uh, th- there's a reason why we're sat here talking about football and not playing it, isn't there? Um, 
let's yeah, uh, let's bloody good at it. <laughs> let's finish with uh, a quick look at Wolves. Uh, it's Wolves before the international break. Um, this, I, uh, yeah, I am. I am looking at a, at a game that I am really not fancying because it's the best. Wolves have the best defense in the league and the worst attack in the league. So if Dortmund wasn't an easy watch, I'm worried this one's not going to be an easy watch either. Uh, yeah, and you you throw in the element of the half twelve kickoff. It doesn't scream energy, does it? But I do yeah. think I do think last night actually may have helped. You know, if Guardiola was saying he was telling them before the game, don't think it's done because of Sevilla. He will be telling them, look, you were crap against Dortmund the other night. Do not do this today. Do not do this today. Otherwise, you'll be dropping points, and then you know we'll be letting Liverpool back in. We'll be letting United in. All these kind of things. Um, so that that might help. Um, but I mean, look, I was convinced that he were dropping points at Wolves. You know, when was it the third? There was three games to go of the season last year. Yeah. I was convinced they were dropping points and then De Bruyne went on a madness, didn't he? So it might not be De Bruyne. It might be, well, it's probably going to be Haaland, isn't it? But um, yeah, it's 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 not a, a pretty game. It's it's not a it's not a team that City have done especially well against on the whole in the last few years, even with different managers. Um, it's going to be a bit horrible. Yeah. But, um, so what, what, look, what would... But look, what, Haaland just keeps scoring, doesn't he? So there we yeah, go. Should be fine. What, what would you do to, to kind of liven it up? Would it just simply be Alvarez, Foden, someone like that in the in the team from the off? I, yeah, I don't think he's going to play Alvarez. Um, Foden for sure. Bernardo for sure. Um, I, I just a general... Just, an, you know, go into the game with the right mentality. Go into the game knowing that you'd you know, you can't afford to, to be slow. You know, it's not always tactical. But yeah, all our all, all personnel, but definitely in terms of that, yeah, Foden in. Oh, I'd play Foden on the right and Grealish on the left. I like that. I like the sound of it. Um, yeah. I like, well, I like the sound of Alvarez, but I don't think it's going to happen just yet. Go uh, But yeah, it's, it's got to be that. But again, it can't be, again, it can't be too much. And no, I don't think Gomez will play. Um, I might be wrong. I just, I don't know. I thought he might have played last night. You know, if you're playing against Seville, in, with that kind of Guardiola trust you to play against Seville in a, in a in a big Champions League game, but you know one that you think you can get away with, away, then surely playing at home is another option. And then if you play two games, like I said with Akanji, you're bedding yourself in. Then I don't I don't know I don't think he will play, um, but yeah I don't know we'll have to see. I don't know I don't know what it will be, but it would just have to be the right energy. But again, the right energy. It can't just be go out and get Alan from the first minute because yeah. you know it's got to be the right tempo. It can't be too slow. It can't be as slow as it was last night, but it can't be it can't be as fast as it was against um Newcastle and at times Villa and at yeah. times Palace. They need the Goldilocks tempo, don't they? Just uh, just right. Yes, they do. Yeah. But yeah, you know, they, they they normally do that, don't they? And again, even if there are issues, like last night, the thing the thing that teams normally say about City is we need to have our best day and City need to have an off day. And Dortmund had close to their best day, you know, they weren't brilliant attacking wise but they played very well and City were terrible for the most part and they still won so that's the thing like they, they might they might struggle for large parts against Wolves but you know Haaland might just do something outrageous again or not even outrageous he might just, just score a routine goal from like eight yards or something and he might do it three times so yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it in that sense it will be interesting should be good fun right well that brings us to the end of this week's Why Always Us thank you to Sam Lee thank you mate don't forget, you can sign up to The Athletic right now for a pound a month for six months. Just use the code MANCITYPOD. The Athletic.